0: We're
1: going to jump into our or dive into our final edition of Dive in Korea in just a moment. I did want to mention a word of caution with the approach of Typhoon Kongre still working its way towards Jeju Island and Busan. They're going to get a lot of rain down there. Jeju expected to get up to 500 millimeters of rain. Other parts of the country, getting anywhere from 100 to 300 millimeters, it'll basically break up into a tropical storm. And that's why we're already, I think, starting to see some drizzles out there. The usual cautions are in effect. Uh, Be careful out on the roads. There's not such a rush that you want to be a danger to yourself or anyone else. Dive in Korea. It has been for much of this four-year run of the show... Uh, a chance to listen very closely to what Koreans are saying to each other about buzzing issues of the week. It's, a, it's an unscientific way to get a feel for what's on Koreans' minds. Various people have brought it to us over the run, but this week we've got in the chairs Joanne Jong and Kang Jae-un once again. Welcome to you both.
0: Good morning, good morning Kurt.
1: Let's make it a good last Go out with a bang, dive in Korea. What do you think?
0: Was I not told about the red T-shirt thing going on <laughs> We've all on got today? red
1: on. No, this is not <laughs> like <laughs> a, <laughs> <laughs> What a coincidence. Anyway, Kang jae and I have a, you know, a uh, ESP connection. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're all wearing red. <laughs> well, let's talk about... I, I want to uh, do sort of an informal little uh, topic here. It's not one of our formal topics that we've prepared, but 6 o'clock p.m. tonight may get very, very interesting in Korea because that's when the folks over in Oslo are going to announce the Nobel Peace Prize winner for this year. And apparently the bookies and the gambling agencies think President Moon and maybe even President Moon and Kim Jong-un together stand a decent chance of getting the prize. Uh, What do we think about
2: that? I was surprised. I was surprised to see the news. But I guess you know, considering all the inter-Korean summits and the U.S.-North Korea summit, it might be a little bit expected, Mm. maybe.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, mean, it's certainly, if you measure it in terms of mm -hmm. attention, where Mm -hmm. has much of the peace talk and optics and attention been, Mm -hmm. then it's kind of makes sense. But uh, Joanne, do you have any kind of sense for how Koreans might feel about this?
0: Um, if this was like a few months ago, Koreans might have been like, oh, you know, that's that's impossible. Mm-hmm. But right now, it, it looks like a possibility. And I, I think they just might clinch it you know in the past um Nobel Peace Prize winners they, they haven't had to realize their peace goal it's it's yeah. how they contributed mm. towards the progress of peace
1: it's like peace encouragement award. Yeah. it's mm. not necessarily awarding peace that exactly. you actually made
0: but yeah. in the case of Kim Jong-un though it, it's it's really contentious because he sort of contributed to this this chaos and he created non-peace. the problem that he's solving mm. yeah yeah for other people they've they've contributed towards solving problems that other people have created. So this yeah. is a little bit interesting. Well, I,
1: I, I liken it to a hostage standoff. You know, you don't, um, you know, in Die Hard, you don't give an award to the guy at the top of the tower for, <laughs> you know, not killing the people, exactly. and not having a conflict, exactly. that kind of things. So it's going to be really interesting. Koreans love to win. And I think even those people that are critical of Moon, critical of Kim, if they've got another Nobel Prize on the shelf for Korea... Uh, that's going to, at least for a, a certain period, sort of dampen the critiques and stuff, and everybody's going to kind of be psyched about having mm. another honor for Korea, aren't
0: mm. they? For Korea, though, as a whole, yes. But, you know, South Korea, is just President Moon Jae-in. North Korea is Kim Jong-un. Mm. Right now, we are two separate countries. Mm-mm. So, I, I don't know how f- people feel about the, the joint winning, but I guess if President Moon wins it, people yeah. will be like, okay, yeah, President we get Moon it. President
1: Moon unilaterally winning it, I can get behind oh, because yeah, exactly. he hustled. Yeah. Mm. He hustled in a, a situation where, you know, war seemed imminent, and he made deals and he got people together. But he
0: got a lot of help. Yeah. He a lot of help.
1: But let's, I mean, <laughs> could we hold off from giving Kim Jong-un a Nobel Peace Prize? I mean, right. my world is weird enough. I guess all I'll right?
0: have to, yeah, agree with you on that.
1: Let's jump into the, the actual topics. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're talking about I love right.
0: rice. Uh, it's
1: a, del- you know, <laughs> it's kind of a. Conf- I don't know if they have this in China or Japan or wherever, um, but um, it's it seems to me sort of a very Korean thing to eat these burgers where it's not a bun mm. but it's two. Pressed together, things of rice, right? Um, and
0: it, it's not—it's not weird because it started off with like in, in Korea, it's called chumokbap. It's okay. like a fist rice ball,
1: ah. <laughs> and the, the meat is inside of it.
0: Um, the meat or the anchovy, the and anything, the the kimchi, any filling is in, inside. Right? Yeah, mm. but they made it trendy by making it sort of look like, look a, like an a actual burger. burger. <laughs> um, and, and this is cheap. what we're talking. About. Yeah, they—they're meant to be, but the prices have gone up so much over the years. Mm. Um. And so there's
1: there's like a 700-pound gorilla in this marketplace of mm. rice bun burgers, and that's yep. this company, Bongus.
0: Yeah, mm. such a cute name, but not a cute story. Yeah. Apparently, the owner sold the company to a franchise chicken company, which is the fourth biggest chicken company in Korea right now. Mm-hmm. Um, about a month ago, they officialized everything, but the franchise owners had no idea that this had happened
1: no memo no announcement no not a announcement
0: tweet. not a tweet nothing no social media no email apparently um, and they they contacted headquarters and they said uh, the head office is like oh we were so busy doing all this other business we were going to tell you guys eventually it's just you know it just came out in the news before we could get to you guys mm. um, so now they're trying to sue this company for for all that has happened and to make matters is worse they were told to revamp their paying pay system the the point of service like the transaction sure um, the registers yeah the the registers and whatever Uh, obviously that costs money of course and the owner had apparently promised them that he would take care of all the transaction or transition fees or whatnot and that amounts to four billion one that's four million dollars and that was not solved
1: this guy that started the rice burger chain He's a bit of a character himself, uh, like a real... Mm Uh, rags to riches story that then turns kind of tragic again, right?
0: It was meant to be such a feel-good story. He started off when he was in his mid-twenties going around the country um, selling street food. Mm. And in 2011 was when he first set up his um, rice ball chumokbap stall um, with a mere $100, Mm. which is what he had left after like two years of traveling the country. What he did was he he secretly um, used his tuition fees and not, didn't tell his parents um, to set up this street vending thing and had it going. It, the first few times it was a failure, but in 2011 it, it set off. Like He he set it up in front of two high schools in um, Gyeonggi province, I think in the Suwon area. Perfect uh, um, location. Yeah, exactly, perfect location. It got really popular because it was tasty at a reasonable price. The students loved it. By the next year, he had his first store. By the, the following year, um, he was ear- earning a lot of it's money. The Korean dream. It was, it was, and by uh, 2015, I think they had almost um, a thousand stores nationwide. Right now, it's it's trickled down to about 680 or so. But I mean, three years ago, he had a thousand stores nationwide. And then, and then.
1: I mean, he, he, things took a, a distinct downturn in his in his life. There I mean, was
0: something with, related to drugs uh, yeah. for the CEO, wasn't it? Yeah. Between uh, May 2015 to October 2016, apparently on three separate occasions, he was um, found to have used illegal substances mm. and even provided others with illegal substances. He was, I think, um, sentenced to 18 months in jail on top of, like, um, drug treatment and mm. also... Uh, what was it again? Um, he, he was fined... Oh, and a three-year proba- probation. Uh-uh. Yeah. And that sort of had an effect on his wishes to enter the Chinese market. I think mm. that fell through because yeah. of all this personal stuff. And it
1: sounds, if you're selling your whole franchise, it sounds like possibly you might have run into bumpy financial fortunes. But mm. um, I want to get some reactions from ordinary Koreans. What do they think about this whole sort of either it's a bait and switch or it's a really bad chain of communication about the sale of a big franchise read as usual by the robo readers let's hear it
3: finding success too early may have ruined the owner
0: i don't think success ruined him he lacked morals and character in the first place and success brought this to the surface
4: I think many of us would become like this if we were to become as successful. Many factors, aside from the owner's knowledge, judgment and efforts create a successful business. One needs good timing, the sacrifice of others, and a bit of good luck. But once you get to the top, you believe it's all you're doing and you forget how you started and where you came from. How badly is this going to affect those poor franchise business owners? I can't believe someone who is in charge of so many people can act like this. First, it's illegal substances. And now, it's a secret sell and run. These people probably poured their entire savings into opening their store, and some of them may have borrowed large sums from the bank. And did Chicken Franchise really not know about all this? I don't think so.
3: If the franchise owners have to change their store signs and renovate, the company should take care of the costs. That aside, isn't it better for them to be working under a bigger franchise than an owner who uses illegal substances?
1: I suppose as the comments say at the end of the day, you have to think about uh, those franchise owners. A lot of them are going to be people who uh, might have been Retired from their corporate Mm -hmm. job Mm -hmm. and they're Mm -hmm. making a last grasp at um, earning a living and investing their savings,
0: savings, borrowing
1: money, too. Exactly. I think we're going to find as the years go by in Korea, people have really borrowed heavily to get into small businesses that don't necessarily pay off or that have quirky, shady dealings. Uh, kind of chill gotcha situations mm-hmm. with unreliable um, people above the franchise level. This is maybe a canary in a coal mine.
0: Mm-hmm. And with the last comment, they are talking about renovations. I don't know. I don't know if this is a case with every single franchise, but a lot of them I have heard they they make it mandatory to renovate mm, the yeah. stores, the individual stores, yeah. according to company mm-hmm. um, you know guidelines, and the franchise owners have to pay for it. Yeah, right.
1: Suddenly, hey, guess what, guys? You're a chicken restaurant. Yeah. I want cartoon chickens on the wall. <laughs> exactly. All of that so stuff. So who's
2: going right? to pay for that? Right. Do you
1: guys like those rice burgers?
2: Uh, I My whole college <laughs> years revolves around those rice burgers. <laughs> yeah. Every midterms, finals. You that was my staple. on them. Yes. They're They've, cheap and hearty. They
1: are Super cheap. It's mm-hmm. like it's basically a carryable bibimbap in a way, yes.
2: right?
0: Because
1: you're carrying all that. Very stuff.
0: true. Apparently they're meant to be healthier for you, but oh, I mean, got
1: kim and stuff like that in yeah, there. Yeah,
2: but the calorie, really but the healthy <laughs> aspect. But, but it's filling. It's filling for sure.
1: I think that um, you know, I, I'm in a state of angst when I eat those things because like you're holding it mm-hmm. and you're afraid that the rice is going to break up. Um, the rice
2: A well-made oh. rice bowl Is not meant to break up You have to pat it down Really well Like a pancake
1: You have to kind of Smoosh it yeah, first
2: smoosh it, Yeah, smoosh it first And then eat it Before you eat mm-hmm. it Is that Would you it's say It's
1: one of the uh, staple student foods? Oh, yes, for sure.
2: Yeah. These days they have koppap, like, which which
0: gets rid of that angst for you, Kurt, because mm. it's, right. it's actually in a, a tub or a cup. But there's
1: an ecological angst issue there. <sighs> know, it's very <laughs> got true. got plastic cup problems all around the country. Uh, it's kind of like a hip and modern... Mm-hmm. pee kind mm. of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it, it is reflective of the state of franchise business. I've never thought that getting into a franchise was necessarily, unless it's early on in the trajectory of the franchise, mm. it strikes me, you know, uh, as... Not necessarily something that's going to pay huge dividends, so. mm, but I mean, it's true. the brand equity of something like this. Would you say that prior to this whole kerfuffle over selling it, that uh, that brand had strong uh, brand equity that everybody would recognize what it is? And,
2: oh and, yeah, for sure. Because. Yeah. Because you would have this shop like in every college area. Mm-hmm. For like young people, especially in their high school or middle school, this is like a staple like, yeah, snack in, or In lunch. any neighborhood
0: that has a younger mm-hmm.
2: population. You've got that, you got, you that, would,
1: you, you got yeah. the coffee chain, you've mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. the Doshirak place. Yeah, right, so it was exactly. one of those sort of super brands in a way in Korea. All right, we've got much more to talk about as Dive in Korea, our very final one of the show's run, continues on Koreascape right after this. This is Koreascape. Dive in Korea Friday is what we've been doing every week for longer than I can remember. It's our attempt to put our fingers on the pulse of what Koreas are, Koreans are thinking based on some of their comments online on social media platforms. Topic number two, we are talking about a particular address in Seoul, it seems like.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, so back in 2016, the Seoul city government invested a whopping 260 million won to renovate a street that's located behind Tapgol Park. So Tapgol Park, annually 5,000 to 6,000 old people, seniors and elderly come to enjoy and have fun. Mm -hmm. So the city government actually hoped to make this place the next Sugamo Street of Japan. It's a shopping district in Tokyo that specifically caters to the elderly. So they wanted to renovate this area to make it a really hangout spot for elderly people in Seoul. But the thing is, it's receiving criticism two years after the renovation, saying that the government is poorly managing the street. And a lot of the purposes and the initiatives they had were not really serving its purpose when they look back two years uh, later. So what is how is Lucky Lucky Street actually different from others? People might be curious. Well, uh, first off, uh, when when our PD sent me the article about this topic, Mm -hmm. well, what a coincidence. I actually was near 종로 area so i decided to take a visit myself to okay. see what the whole fuss was about Superb. and um all i noticed was like they've put up a lot of drawings and they changed the whole aesthetic of the street to kind of bring that 70s and 60s nostalgia. You'll see a lot of like old uniforms and like drawings on the walls of like 60s and 70s, like posters and yeah, movie, movie posters. it knows
1: already kind of a nostalgia place by default. It really feels like a throwback. So to actually go the extra effort and make it more nostalgic right. is interesting to me.
2: Mm-hmm. And they also enlarge the size of the fonts for the signboards of the establishment. So it's better for older people to look and read read, sure. uh, as well as they've um, also installed a elderly first restroom there on the street because apparently a tapcor park closes at 6 p.m. every day mm-hmm. and when these people need to go to the restroom there's no other place to go so sometimes they would you know urinate on in public mm. so they have a elderly first restroom and a lot of shops would provide water for like medication or just for older people to hang out I- inside the establishments without having to pay food or drinks so far so good yes so far so good but the thing is once you arrive, what, the thing is the the area is located so deep inside, like behind Tapgore Park. For, mm. for So for someone like me who's not familiar with the Jongro area, it's very hard to find. And second thing is, if you picture Hongdae Street in your mind and go there, you will be very disappointed because the place is very dirty and unorganized. Oh uh, really? Yeah, you would see cigarette butts on the Unkept. streets and like yes. the garbages. And it, it just didn't seem like a place that, you know, was invested a lot of money okay. and renovated. And the other thing is, they've actually, um, for to cater to the elderly, they've actually installed a heart def, def- defibrillator, defibrillator yeah. mm-hmm. for just in case of emergency. But the thing is, there's one of it like near the parking station, but because the area is so small, a lot of cars are illegally parked in front of it. So even if, you know, they actually need it, it's really hard to use it in, in emergency situations.
1: I mean... I'm inclined not to blame the planners and the developers of this zone. I'm inclined to blame the people who are chucking their cigarettes and the people that are parking illegally. There's got to be sort of cooperation on both sides, doesn't there?
2: Right. That's true. Um Well, (laughs) I'm not sure what to say about that.
1: But you know, it's easy to say, "Oh, government, 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 government—they're failing in this plan." But it sounds like a very well-planned out area. uh, But you've got to do your part as a somebody who goes there, or a resident, or a citizen, or whatnot, and you know, take care of it. Uh, Don't park in front of the defibrillator. Mm -hmm. That would be one of the worst (laughs) places to park, I would think, especially in an elderly zone. But but go Mm -hmm. ahead and um, summarize some of the criticism that's being thrown at uh, the people managing this.
2: Well, the main criticism is saying that it's a really waste of money. Uh-huh. Well, compared to the Sugamo Street, first off, the size is so small.
1: Too small. It's okay. too
2: small to kind of promote or make it really big. Mm-hmm. And also, it just, they're not really concerned about the real issues that are mattering to these seniors, yep. like financial issues that are like really you know, a part of their lives. Rather than just like investing money and renovating and changing the environment, why uh-huh. won't they use the same money to give them financial benefits, give them monetary support? Uh-huh.
1: Here's a an expensive public area where you can loiter in your poverty, basically, mm-hmm. uh, instead of targeting the root cause of mm-hmm. elderly poverty. Elderly poverty, I mean, this is an aging society. More, a greater and greater proportion of this Korea, this South Korea, is going to be old. Mm-hmm. And one place that is being seen, you guys, is the, uh, the bump in elderly crime. I mean, uh, it's underreported, but every now and then you'll see an article that says, police are noticing that there are more and more elderly uh, attacks, expressions of anger, yes. mm-hmm. frustration, mm-hmm. Uh, even both, sexual assaults.
2: Right, on both yeah, ends, yeah. definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, so there's, there's frustration, and um, it is going to be a bigger and bigger macro-style problem, maybe even like uh, kind of on a human rights level, who knows.
2: Right, did you know that October 2nd was actually the National Elderly Day? So, yeah. a day before that, the Human rights commission they've actually announced a report on the human rights conditions of the elderly population, and they said one out of three elderly over the age of sixty five wanted uh you know uh find the need to work because they need to like earn money for living expenses. Mm. about half of the people above age sixty five are struggling with poverty, so financial issues is a really huge problem that's uh you know revolving around senior citizens in korea
1: people have different concepts of what poor means mm. but um i mean these people are making extremely small amounts of money from sort of social assistance and right, things like right
2: right the average amount of money they have for a month is about like 300 to 290 u.s dollars
1: that's amazing yeah. i mean how do you even begin to to live on that Okay. And we know that uh, young and old, there's increasing friction between young and old uh, developing right. all the time. With that in mind, since you were uh, in Lucky Cori, mm-hmm. um you did your Kang jae thing of gathering word on the street from some of the people there, right?
2: Yes. Uh, so here's what people have to say about Lucky Gori.
0: This
3: alley looks the same to me. Nothing has really improved. Maybe they painted the signs and made it easier for us to read, but other than that, not much has changed. If the government wants to do something, it shouldn't be about display. It needs to touch our hearts. What difference will this small street make in our lives? We need income. We come to this place because we have no money to spare. If we had income, we wouldn't hang out here. We'd go somewhere else.
4: I've been working here for three years And I think the place has changed a lot It's a lot cleaner, more organized And the city gave us a lot of support In the past, the signs were all over the place There were people sleeping in the streets Urinating and walking around drunk Now they've renewed the pavement And organized the signs And when there's a problem, police officers come immediately To handle the situation And so for business owners like me It's a huge improvement They've put a lot of effort into this street
3: I think it changed a lot Some might disagree because the city tried to preserve the old look that the street originally had but that's the trend these days All in all, it looks like the money was well spent However, I think what the elderly really need is financial support You'll notice that the prices here are cheaper than in other areas That's why so many seniors come here I hope the city thinks about giving direct monetary support to individual seniors so that they actually get to enjoy what's
4: here. I read in the news that the city invested money to provide a place for seniors to have fun and bring back old memories from their youth. But I'm not sure if this street lives up to its name. I don't know how much they spent on it, but it's hard to tell whether they spent any money on it at all. It would have been better if they had spent the same amount on something else. Other countries promote programs like kindergartens for seniors so that they can create communities and enjoy hobbies together. But in Korea, most seniors live alone and there's not much they can do together. So I think it'd be better to spend money on programs like that. <laughs> Thank you,
1: Kang Jaeun, for getting those voices, excellent uh, insights into this elderly problem. Um, what's interesting to me from some of the comp- comments is this sort of implicit, if not acceptance, then recognition that uh, elderly people are kind of on their own. Uh, mm. A lot of elderly people are on their own. I mean, it used to be so ironclad in Asia, that it was almost a stereotype, and in Korea especially, that of course there is an extended family to take care of the elderly people, and they're going to make huge sacrifices to take care of their previous generations. Mm. Uh, less and less so uh, because of a, uh, apparently a breakdown in the sort of generational contract. And sometimes it's, uh, as we've discovered, um, older people who you know get laid off and feel that they haven't, mm-hmm, mm-hmm maintained their end of the bargain, they separate uh, themselves from the family.
0: I I feel for the elderly generation, but you also have to understand that the younger generation, in the past, like you said, Kurt, they had an extended family. Mm. The family was big. They had five or six or even more siblings to take care of, Mm. uh, you know, a set Mm. of parents. Mm. Right now, you've only got one or two children, and the burden is too great. And, Mm. I mean, the the economy is not so good that they're having trouble supporting their own family. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess the system of, you know, people preparing for retirement needs to be put in place here in Korea. I think that's lacking. Oh, definitely. That yes. kind
1: of was the retirement plan of the past, wasn't it? <laughs> right. Oh, I just rely yeah, on my kids. kids. Right. I invest in them kids, now.
0: Right? Um, and yeah, and they'll take care of me later. But that's really not the case right now. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And it's going to require some creativity. The the street, Lucky Street, is a, a good first uh, shot at things. But addressing sort of the top level of the problem, where do you spend your day? And the lower levels of the problem, how do you make a uh, sustainable living? That's going to be such a huge challenge for uh, policymakers as Korea gets older and older. Let's move to topic number three, which is more expensive taxi rides.
0: Yeah, in all honesty, this really took me by surprise because, I mean, taxi fares back home in Australia is Mm. so high that Mm. I thought this was Pretty okay, but cheap even. Yeah, no, yeah, cheap, yeah. On, definitely. but I mean, it looks like you know people are not so happy about the the impending or likelihood of the base fare increasing for Seoul taxis from the current three thousand one to four thousand one by next year. I mean, it's not set in stone. They've held general meetings. They're having a little bit of trouble, you know, getting to a certain agreement. They hope to finalize everything and put it towards the Seoul city government. Um, office by the seventeenth of this month, so we don't really know yet what's happening. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, like, they haven't had a raise in for the past five years. Apparently, mm. um, it was raised by six hundred one from the two thousand four hundred one it was back then. Um, but yeah, for the past five years, nothing. And taxi drivers are like, okay, the the living wage for next year has been set higher. I think there's a ten point two percent increase, so we need to make it you know level to that. Mm. and 4001 considering the consumer rates or the consumer prices here in korea doesn't seem like a huge jump Mm -hmm. but for people who who use you know taxis on a regular or ride taxis on a regular basis it it might add to the burden of their
2: household finances yeah i I guess we're just, like, too used to the low fees that this seems like a really huge increase when compared to, like, other countries, the overall taxi fee is, like, so low.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Try taking a taxi in New York. I mean, you're not going to, uh, you know, 4000 4, for a basic fare is uh, actually sounds really, really good mm-hmm. uh, compared to, say, a New York or a Boston or I dare say even a London or a, a Paris taxi, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot more expensive. We've mentioned many times on this program that uh, taxi driving is kind of a... De facto social safety net for some of uh, some that have fallen mm. through the cracks. It's mm-hmm. very, I won't say easy, but it's relatively straightforward to right. get established as a taxi driver.
0: Yeah, and, and it looks like not just Seoul, but other cities, namely Ulsan and Incheon, are looking to increase their fees as well. Taxi unions um, they they held rallies in front of like a major uh, social. Media, no, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah, <laughs> mobility. Um, it's because, an everything company, yeah, yeah, an everything company because they will they are looking to to um I- implement their own carpooling service mm-hmm. and taxi drivers are not happy about that. Well, oh. remember the
1: whole Uber thing back yeah. then, yeah, that was uh, that was an exercise in the collective power of the taxi union, uh, and a demonstration of um how, how well they could exert it over uh, decision makers. I think people who are taking a taxi, isn't a taxi sort of a a bit of a luxury? Um, Most of the people who are seriously having trouble making ends meet, they're on the subway and the buses and stuff like that. So I'm I'm surprised that people are complaining about 1,000 more won here or there.
0: I mean, but, you know, there are... are so many taxis on the roads. When I was looking at dramas when I was, you know, mm. 10, 20 years ago, um, and I saw people just stick their hand out and a taxi would come, I didn't believe it. But living here in Seoul for the past 10 years has made me realize that, yeah, there are a lot more taxis on the streets. Um, and that can create traffic congestion apparently mm-hmm. judging from a lot of the comments that I've seen um also the the customer service that these taxis offer is a main issue that people have they're like uh, okay if you're mm-hmm. going to raise prices by this much you need to up your game as well on your end because i feel uncomfortable sitting in the back seat of your car and i'm meant to be the paying customer it's yeah. meant to be a service like you said
1: well and i mean every expat for sure and every mm-hmm. Korean as well I think has experienced the enraging moment of a taxi driver turning them down as a fare you know uh, driving by them or mm-hmm. where are you going I'm going here nah <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i could i could faint when that happens i get so angry you know um and that's why i almost exclusively use the electronic smartphone Mm. taxi booking right
0: even then they turn you down well but you don't see
1: when they turn you down they're like they just Mm. don't accept it electronically and that's (laughs) That's fine just as frustrating oh my god uh but uh you know uh, to, to to have a guy almost pull over and then Think about it and then say, no, after all, I don't want to take you. Your backpack's too big. I don't, I don't, whatever. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. I'm kind of curious. Are they also raising the amount of payment they have to send back to the company as well? We don't know that yet. A lot
0: of people are assuming that. So for the taxi drivers themselves, the fare increase might not even affect them. I mean, they might not be getting an increased um, wage or a monthly pay. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the the general meetings are saying we're doing this for the taxi drivers, but in essence, it might not even be for them. It might be just for the taxi company.
2: I mean, if they're gonna like raise the basic fare for the companies as well, I I don't really see the point of actually raising yeah. the fare, like the basic fare. Because like when I talk to taxi drivers, their biggest concern is the amount of money they have to send back to the company. Yeah. Because what's left, like after that, yeah. is what they get. But if they don't have a good lot.
0: day, they they earn less. But the the fee that they pay to the company right. is the same. Mm-hmm.
1: Our PD points out that some articles are saying the city plans to freeze the rate of the amount that goes to the taxi company for six months. Do I understand that correctly? So that will give, I guess, maybe the driver is a little bit of a break. What I think needs... well for the taxi drivers benefit what i think should happen more and more is the government should facilitate the networking the mm. electronic networking of mm-hmm, the cabs mm-hmm. i mean eventually they're going to be driverless cabs anyway fully networked 100% right. but even in the interim um l- find and label the hot spots based on pure data where you know the, the cab drivers can sort of hang out and uh, encourage them to not just cruise looking for a fare but to electronically connect with um smartphone enabled passengers. That would be good. The other thing totally uncab related that I think needs to happen in Seoul, you gotta run public transport all night. All
0: oh, night. Oh, especially yes, for, for sure. a city as big as Seoul, oh, yeah. My
1: God, so late I mean everything shuts down Please. by comfortable midnight or even earlier, sometimes eleven run at least a few subway and bus lines mm-hmm. 24-7. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's so weird that that's not already the case.
0: I don't know. I might get some backlash for this, but I have heard some people say that we shouldn't do that because it encourages people to get home earlier and drink less.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we're now social engineering with cab policy. One last final time, guys. Let's hear the robo-readers with some comments on this cab fare business.
2: raise the minimum fare,
0: but make drivers take lessons on customer service and get physical examinations and reaction tests.
2: There are so many drivers who drive dangerously, some
0: of them watch videos on their smartphones while waiting for the lights to change even when they have passengers. I don't know why I have to be uncomfortable all the time and be wary
2: of the driver's mood when I'm paying for a service. I'm willing to pay for better
4: service.
3: If they raise the minimum fare to 4,001, will drivers stop rejecting short distance calls?
4: I think our transportation fees are quite low compared to overall consumer prices. So it's okay to increase the fare a little. Every time they raise the fare, they say it's to improve
3: customer service, but I have no idea what they've improved on. Also, Taxi companies should lower the fee that taxi drivers pay them. I have a feeling that raising the fare will have no effect on drivers because the taxi company will also increase their fee.
4: I think they should get rid of taxis and make the subway 24 hours like New York. Making subway fares higher for overnight services might also help with running costs.
1: Guys, of all the things I'm going to miss on this show, I I really am going to miss the robo readers. Aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. I think the robo-readers are a, a lot of fun.
0: They and have names, did you know that? Do you, really? Each of them
1: has separate names? Yeah, what? the
0: voices have different names. I think one of them is called Adam. You select
1: them off the menu. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay, because they're going to find new employment at, I think, the airport and some other places. <laughs> so uh, there's no worries there. We have a lovely text from 8480. Hi, just wanted to say thanks to Kurt and the whole Koreascape team and the whole Dive in Korea team, of course, for four fantastic years of radio. Always informative and entertaining. I'll miss this amazing show. What a lovely message!
0: No, I'm that gonna shed a tear. I'm gonna
1: start <laughs> This has been a particularly—I've looked forward to dive in Korea Fridays because um, it really is one of the uh, quickest. And easiest, albeit unscientific, ways to really <laughs> understand what Koreans are, mm-hmm, are thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and Joanne, I want to thank you because you've done consistently such a good job curating the comments, providing a balanced view, not falling victim to bots and manipulation and. Oh, all of I that.
0: almost went over <laughs> <laughs> on, on multiple know, occasions. Not providing
1: you know all of it, any extreme points of view, and Kang Jae Absolutely superb work with uh, Word on the Street and Mm -hmm. going out there, pounding the pavement, getting actual comments from people. It's hard work, and you've done an absolutely stellar job. So, And let's uh, also tip our hat to Jim Bully, who's out there riding (laughs) llamas in South Korea right now, I think. South Korea? South America. (laughs) America. (laughs) I hope he's having fun, too. He's been a rock star on this as well. Thanks to all of you very much.
0: Thank you. Thank you.